This podcast is a member of the Place to Be Nation family. Visit us at placetobenation.com, the only place to be in your pop culture world. Place to be nation. Welcome back to PTBN's NBA team podcast as we are finally at the end of our 2022-23 previews uh, for the season. And I'm glad that everybody was along for the ride. We're finally finishing it off. We'll also have some nice surprises and predictions that we'll throw at the end. I am one of your co-hosts, Andrew Reich. I am joined by Adam Murray. Adam, does it feel... I mean, are you kind of sad that it, the previews portion all is over? Because this is like, like peeking behind the curtain. Like, this is probably the hardest part of the whole thing, other than maybe like previewing the playoffs. Now, the hardest part is the first two groups, where you need to spend an hour on bad basketball teams, and you can't just say they're bad. Let's move on. You need to actually <laughs> reference players. You need to read about. I don't want. It's been how many years have I been forced to read about Orlando and Oklahoma City, and it's just I don't want to read about them. I don't yep. want to know what they did, and I don't want to know anything about them. Like they, you know, it's not fun to watch. Well, yeah, but there's always that settling point with all bad teams. Where I mean. We're not going to always have teams that, like, lose 60 games and are just god-awful. But there's always a guarantee you're going to have at least four to five teams that are just in the gutter. I think the difference this year, Adam, is that um, we always talked about the muddled middle and how there's always, like, those mediocre teams or those teams that kind of, like, fall into mediocrity or they're bad and they kind of rise above it and become mediocre by being better. And it feels like this season that there's a little bit more of a polarization where you have really, really potentially god awful teams and then not great teams, but like a lot of really good ones. Like even the tier below this one, which was our previous um, episode, like if any of those teams, I I don't have the names in front the, the teams in front of me that we did on the previous. Like if any of them made the finals, I wouldn't be shocked. The last last group was the the elite, which was Miami, Philly, and Phoenix. Yeah, if any of them made the finals, I wouldn't be shocked. And yeah, and then we had like the 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 upper class, the tier below them, has Memphis and Denver and you know, Minnesota. Yeah, and Minnesota. Yeah, and then you know the middle class, the upper middle class, the fourth tier down has teams like Dallas and Atlanta mm-hmm. and the Lakers, who are all like super hot and you know super spend a ton of money. To be on the fourth tier, that's very, very hard. A lot of taxpaying teams. This is the most taxpaying teams I think we've ever had in NBA history. Now, obviously, when the cap rises in two or three years, that's going to there's not going to be like taxpayer paying teams like you have to like you have to start spending more after that to, to meet that to meet that level. But for now, they're basically there's a lot of teams that are just willing to go like right to the fringe of being in the luxury tax because they feel like they've got a shot. Like we, we said this uh, throughout the preview and we'll get to the specifics of the four teams to finish them off. The team, the four teams that we feel the most confident about going into the 23 season. I feel like we are in an era of parody. Like, and I don't mean that in a bad way. Some people think of parody in the NBA like the late 70s when they like the Bullets won one, then the Sonics won one, then the Blazers won one. And everyone was just like, oh, yeah, nobody cared about the NBA. The ratings were terrible, blah, blah, blah. And it wasn't star driven. The truth is, like, I kind of like 
the way it is where every team seems to have a good shot if you have a strong nucleus and you get and you stay healthy and you and also you get a little bit of luck. A little bit of luck, yes, but a lot of bit of deep pockets. A lot of bit this of This is not pockets. the this yeah. is not the cheap ownership group. This is not the no. you know, we're gonna be on the fringe. This is the the one percent where you're taking your private yacht to your private island to your you know oh there's some there's some security clearance here like when we i mean the the teams the four we're going to be talking about two in the east and um and uh and two in the west and i mean three of them have been to the finals uh two of whom had won the last two championships there's so one essentially should our be our eastern conference versus western conference finals correct it, pretty much on paper, like, on paper yeah. you know which means absolutely nothing after the first game, after the first tip-off. But as of now, just looking at it, it's like, oh, yeah, how can these teams both, all four, not be in the finals? Mm-hmm. And that's why every other group gets pushed down because you have and, these four. And also, even though it's not as important anymore because rivalries are basically dead in the NBA with, you know, divisions not mattering for seedings anymore – conference parity is real too. Like, you know, I don't know how you felt when the Celtics, because we're going to talk about the Celtics first, but when the Celtics played the Warriors, like, I don't think anybody had this idea, like back in like the AFC versus NFC days of the Super Bowl, when the NFC won all the time, or when Michael Jordan won all the time, or when the West was dominant in the early 2000s. Like, I don't get the sense when the finals occurs where it's like, oh yeah, the East team has no shot, or the West team is you know, outnumbered if it's not Golden State. Like, I feel like both teams were on equal footing, regardless, like, if they come out of the East or the West. Or do you feel differently? Do you feel like there's a disparity between the two conferences? Not anymore, because I think we mentioned in a previous episode where everyone complained, hey, we should just have the top 16 teams because we have 10 good teams in the West and we only have six good ones in the East. And nowadays, it's a very both, Sides are very, 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 very deep. And, and it takes one move. It takes one move, like Donovan Mitchell going from the west to the east. And, like, all of a sudden, boom, you got a contender in the east. Not saying Cleveland's going to the finals. We already talked about them. <laughs> but, and just opening up pocketbooks. All of a sudden, you have you have Kevin Durant out west. All of a sudden, he moves to the east. And, up. Oh, will you take this lottery Brooklyn team to all of a sudden, now they're in the playoffs, too. Dysfunctional, but they're in the playoffs. So, movement, and then um, it's changed where... You have all the tanking is out west where you the have the tanking and also the ring quest guys, which is what I call it. It's like the 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 waiver buyout market at the end where you it looks like you're going to be competitive. You're going to the playoffs. You might have a good shot as you know as the record kind of like speaks for itself. Once you get to April, you know if you're going to be you know a high seed or not. And then veterans are willing to sign there. You know we saw that with John Wall and it, with the Clippers. Like I don't think John Wall would have gone and taking the close to the mid-level exception to join the, like the, uh, give me a random, the Memphis Grizzlies. Like, I don't think that would have happened, you know, but because the Clippers are paying the tax and they have big names and they have high goals, it's reasonable. You can get people on a discount. Yes. And, and like, but the thing is with the West, like we said, you have a quarter of that conference, which will probably be for the top five picks. Very bad, very bad. I mean, we already talked about the bottom, but the bottom is awful. And they're all in the West, so it pushes everybody up a a bit, so you have a little crunch, but those aside, these ones, 
quite far and above the other, you know, oh, hey, Phoenix, they're good. They're one step away. Yeah, are they going to take out Golden State? Or are they going to take out the Clippers? Well, as of right now, it's not looking, you know, I, I wouldn't bet on them. <laughs> well, if we did this preview a year ago, like if like if we listened to this preview a year ago, we would not be thinking, oh, yeah, the Celtics are definitely in the running. Like when the Celtics went into their first season under Emi U- 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 Udoka, it didn't seem like they had it all together. You know, they were blowing late leads and, you know, they weren't sharing the ball. Jason Tatum and Brown looked great, but there was just like this friction. And I, where was the turnaround for the Celtics in 2022? Was it really the defense? Did Tatum took, start sharing it more? It took a while for the team to mesh and the team to buy in because they were all trying to do their thing, but it wasn't really helping everybody. There was, you know, well, everybody's selfish and nobody wants to do the plays. And, you know, um, you had everybody who got traded away from the Celtics. Like, oh, yeah, they were completely dysfunctional. But then you subtract those pieces, you get a core nucleus and you start working on that. But, you know, speaking of just one and done and bye bye. <laughs> you, you mean Yudoka? Uh, I mean, obviously, I mean, we can fast track it because most people already know, you know, they, 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 they had to go through two game sevens that they won in the East, but they went to the finals and they lost in six to the Warriors. But obviously they're going in with like big expectations. They kind of held firm. They were able to get Malcolm Brogdon basically for peanuts. Like they didn't really give up anything to get him who might be like a valuable six man or a starter at the two, if they want to play around like that. And, and then they get Gallinari, even though he, um, he tore his ACL. So he's not going to be available at all. So basically you're bringing back the same crew as the one that went to the finals in 2022. Then the crap hit the fan when reports came out that Emi Yudoka was going to get suspended for, uh, the entirety of the season due to um, uh, like uh, like That's a misconduct, a yeah, a violation of conduct violation involving of a relationship a relationship with a female staffer. It's very vague. Um, they're not because of because of you know confidentiality. They don't nobody really wants to reveal names, but it's not a good situation for Udoka. That's for uh, sure. But here's you, the thing: we don't care about the details of it. We do know Udoka's gone. How will that impact the Celtics season? It's the just going to be distraction for the first till Christmas. So if they start losing, how they would have, how would they have done with it? You know, if if things start not going well, if they have a slow under Joe start, Mazzulla. or yeah. if you know things start, you know, they're always going to be having to answer questions wherever they go. But just a quick put a quick little you know bow on this. The the Celtics like let's take a look back at the last three. Um, workplace, sort of corporate, legal. Let's let's take a look at what happened. So okay. first you have Portland with the, this was a bad workplace environment. What happened? Neil O'Shea, he got the fired. GM yeah. shipped out. Dallas. It took him, it, let me say this though. It took him a while. It took a while to get rid of him. Well, it took a while because he didn't want to go. There's nothing wrong. And then it was just like, well, we have all this paperwork on this. Yes. You have Dallas. Workplace yeah. isn't nice. Cuban was like, okay, I'm going to spearhead my own thing. I'm not going to wait. What happens? All this weird shit from Dallas came out with, there's this weird shadow GM, and there's this weird factions, and everything was all... That had that had to do with disagreements between Rick Carlisle, Donnie Nelson, and the shadow GM, which was, his name was Harlalibus Vulgaris. I <laughs> mean, that's a mouthful. But yeah, basically, he was... 
he was basically like Mark Cuban's like whisperer behind the scenes, and Donnie Nelson got jealous. And by the way, that's not over yet because I think Nelson sued the Mavericks for um, defamation of character. But that was all put on the radar due to uh, workplace harassment stuff. Which was earlier, right? That yeah, it was ha- earlier, but that led to let's do a review of everything. And then there's a lot of weird stuff going on. You have to keep diving and keep diving. And then we have the current one in Phoenix. What happened? You have the owner who, I'm not selling, I'm not good. Everyone's like, okay, you yeah. need to just leave. When we previewed the Suns, that hadn't come to all the way to fruition yet. There had already been, that investigation had already started before that. I will say this. I don't, people are saying, man, Adam Silver, he knew that the public relations was going to blow up on him. Uh, so he basically sabotaged his own press conference so that there would be outrage to get Sarver out because he couldn't do it on his own. I don't believe that. I think Silver was a deer in headlights in that situation. That That's too many people trying to read too many things from absolutely I agree nothing. with you. I, I honestly I honestly think Silver put his hands up in the air and said, I can't do anything here. He knows he has no power to do anything, so why would he pretend he does? He's just like, eh, you know, it's just a shrug. Right. What do you want me to do? That's the report. Yeah, and Sarver was a bad owner, just like Donald Sterling. He was a bad owner. So when he would, he never wanted to pay the tax. The fact that he even was willing to do it for this Suns team was only probably the only reason was because they made the finals in twenty one. You know, so the fact that people were like, well, he started paying tax this year. I'm like, yeah, he also sabotaged the seven seconds or less Suns because he didn't want to pay extra for a championship yeah. team. So the Celtics had to get ahead of it before, you know, well, if we try to sweep it under the rug. What else might pop up and what might, you know, how might this turn out? And, so, and if we slap them on the wrist, we look like we're being insensitive to the female we're, staff. Yeah, we're yeah. emboldening this process. So Correct. It was, you know, one of those, everyone's like, I can't believe them. It's like, oh, you know what? This is kind of, okay, I get it. And you have a lot of to, opinions changed. over. To finish up this month. portion of it, and we can actually just talk about the team itself. Do you think Emi Yudoka will coach again for the Celtics? No. Probably not. I think he's done. Okay. I I will say he will be back, but he will sit out this year. He will not be back this he's year. He's out for the year, and I think they did that just so he wouldn't get signed elsewhere. If he comes back, I think it would be the team wants him back. But if the team goes makes a deep playoff run, we mm-hmm. have we have Missoula. We don't need him back because we got somebody who's just as good. And, right and I, I don't want to I don't want to like you know backhand coaching. In this in a situation where you have an elite team who's on a you know on a chase to win a championship, but we've seen situations like Steve Kerr's had his back trouble, and you know Mike Brown coached in the finals in 2017, and they did just fine, and Luke Walton filled in in 2016 in the beginning of the regular season, they did just fine. That team was ridiculously talented. Uh, I don't know if the Celtics are quote ridiculously talented. But they're really, really good. Like their they, defense is good. They're young. They got a lot of ga- stuff in their favor. They do. And the fact you get Brogdon for nothing. You got, you know, Marcus Smart, defensive player of the year. Brogdon, six man. The Robert potential. Williams the third injury is an issue. Is a That's concern. what I was going to say. Because that yeah. came sort of, oh, he's not going to be, he's not bounced back as good. So, so, he's so be out I'll, I'll do the. And, I'll do the Cliff Notes version of this very quickly. He had knee trouble going into the playoffs. He played with it anyway. He was vital to the team. He did not play poorly. I thought he was very good in pretty much all the playoff matchups he was in, um, despite them not winning the title. He go. He basically tries to rehab it. Nothing happens there. 
he gets surgery. It comes out he's probably going to be out for uh, for like a couple of months. And then a, there's a correction that says, oh, it's actually worse than that. He's out for three months, two to three months. Yeah, and, so that's yeah. That's not good. So yeah. now you're leaving everything on old man Hortford. So if he goes down, and all Grant you really Williams have is, in your small ball lineup. Yeah, Grant Williams is your only big, quote unquote big man. Mm-hmm. So you know, yeah, you have Tatum, who's a top ten player right now. You have Jalen Brown, who's what a top 20, 25 player. Yeah, right he's now. also um going to be super max eligible. Do you think that he might make a jump? He was also in those trade talks involving Kevin Durant. Which apparently were all overblown from all the teams, and mm-hmm. they just said, "Hey, we'll give you him in that." And then I think, you know, they, the word is they told him, "Like, oh yeah, we'd trade you for Durant. We're not going to trade you for garbage." He's like, "But okay. I could see Jalen's motivation for really trying to hike up the salary, and because his his contract is not, I, I, it's not." player friendly like it's not the kind of extension where it's like oh man he's making so much money by the time we get to like a few years from now Jalen Brown's salary is gonna look like peanuts yeah but he's been progressing every year Mm -hmm. with the exception of the Kyrie year where everyone else stats went down when Kyrie's went up but for the most part you have you know backcourt depth you have Derek White you have Malcolm Brogdon Marcus Smart was the defensive player of the year you know? Yeah, you have that. You got Smart Brown and Tatum. You're solid down there. If Tatum's hot, they're good. But oh, like, Tatum, Tatum when at that three spot, it is really hard to stop him. Now, in the finals, he struggled. And that's a whole nother level. Like, when we talk about people like, you know, Tatum's like I hate when people are watching him in the regular season, they're like, you know, yeah, Tatum's great, but he had that bad finals. That's like saying, oh, when LeBron had his bad finals in 2011, he's he's literally the best ever at everything else. But he had that one bad final. Come so on. So your first final, you've never seen it before. You've never done it. So everybody's supposed to win, and everybody's supposed to. Yeah. yeah you know. Did he did he make bad like uh, basketball decisions? Yes. Like there were some moments where he looked a little lost in the switching defense. Celtics switch a lot too. Now under Missoula, I don't really know what his. I don't know if he was like the quote defensive coordinator. I don't really want to get into that stuff because I don't. I'm not really. I'm not in the know on the Boston beat. But I'm pretty sure they're going to be a defensively minded team again. We don't know what they're going to be. What I do know is their over and under is 51. I believe. Yeah, it moved down after the news came out. Involving Udoka, which yeah, I can't. But we're not. Where it was, we're a, not, it was around fifty-two to fifty-one. Yeah. Yeah, it went down now, but it, we we are doing this based upon the the fixed rate where you know Utah had a way higher one, you had yeah. Cleveland that had a lower one. Yeah, right. So, um, I would safely go over. That's actually right around the record they had last year. You know, so and I think they probably are going to wind up first in the East. I mean, to spoiler alert, I know there's another team in the East we'll talk about, but I think they're going to have the best record in the East. And if they're better than that and they were second place last year, that means they're going to go above 51 wins. So I'd go over. They 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 should. Oh, it's 54 and a half. I'm sorry. Oh, that changes it a little bit. Yeah, I, I was um, completely off. I was looking at the Clippers. Well, if it's 54 and a half, it's close. Uh, Top of I the would, NBA. I would probably go under. I'd probably go under. I, I would say under, especially with the early distractions, with Williams out early in the season. They might start off a bit slow, and everybody's going to want to prove themselves as yeah. they sort of have to find their footing again. So I will 
take the under on it with my oh 51 way over 54 oh no the the other issue is depth now i think they can solve that by getting some of those like we were talking about those ring chasers and stuff like say they get hassan whiteside or like um just just a random buyout i don't know eric gordon like what if they just pick up somebody like that the last second and kind of boost them a bit because their depth is lacking like you know they re-sign luke cornett and they bring in uh they bring in and, and then they brought in Gallinari and he's not available. So like they're in a little bit of a crunch there where they're going to have to rely on their starters a lot. That's that's going to be where it gets troubling for them. If they start having injuries in their starting lineup, especially with Robert Williams, the third being out for that first portion of the season, that's when it's going to get really tough. So if their record stays really, really good the first two months, I think they'll be fine. But I think that first month is going to be really, really rocky. Um they're going to be playing the Sixers on opening night on TNT. The other team who's going to be playing the Lakers because Adam, why are the Lakers always on opening night? Why? Because that's apparently what people want to see. They just want to see names. They want to see LeBron the same way. Anytime baseball's on, everybody well, they're playing. A, they're playing a real team, the champions, the Warriors. Um, you know the the thing like. Of course, the Warriors are in this like tier. Like they're the defending champions. They won it all. It's not the same Warriors as the as the pace and space ones and the Kevin Durant ones, where they were just so much better that they could be like at each other's throats and still win by twenty points. That's not the kind of Warriors team that we saw that won the title. Um, they. They definitely had moments where they looked dominant and looked great, especially against the Mavs. Um, but like, let me ask you this and just kind of like make it a little give you a broad question. Then we can kind of deep dive. Um, like, how do you feel about a repeat? Their window is short, very small. It's very it's short. about years tops. I mean, uh, Andrew Wiggins is, is unrestricted next year. Draymond Green will probably use his player option because why would he opt out of 20-something million as a defensive specialist? And Because he thinks he's a max player. And no, there's but I think, he knows he's, I think he knows in deep inside he, he's not, and he's going to opt in in the summer. That's my theory. But we're not talking about the summer. We're talking about now. Um, they have every right to repeat. It's very hard to, um, as you've seen from... Um, previous any champion where every everybody now guns for you last they, year they, and they pick you apart like Gary Payton the second is gone Otto Porter Jr. is gone you know they were yeah. able to keep Kevon Looney though so every year you have you know last year they were the well we're gonna gun for it and we're under the radar you know we play just finally came back after all this time off and now we're gonna you know nobody's nobody thinks we're gonna do it it's all gonna be you know, Utah's time, or it's going to be... They had a little bit of a... They definitely played with a chip on their shoulder to start the season last year. I agree with that. But then they started off super hot. They did, but then without Clay, then Clay came in, and they were still pretty good going into Christmas. Then the Suns just had that surge in December and January where they, like, never lost. But the thing I will say, too, is that I almost feel like people got this, like... they There was this, like, haze when the Warriors were going through their issues with injuries and trying to figure out the new nucleus with Durant gone and blah, blah, blah. And then when we got to the 22 playoffs and they had Steph and Clay and Draymond and then Andrew Wiggins and Jordan Poole, if they almost, it's almost like the haze went away and people got re-familiarized with, oh yeah, this team could really definitely win a title doing it this way, you know? It could, but it's a lot harder now because they're, even more expensive team than they were last year. 
and then they're, you... they're not going 73 and nine. That's what I'll say. I would, no, definitely no. Not. And you get Jermichael Green, who was a complete steal. Mm-hmm. You got they James got him Wiseman, who should be back, and they pre-provided nothing. I honestly wonder if Wiseman is a situation where they 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 immediately soured on him when they when they drafted him with no intention of playing him, and the only reason they're keeping him is because they want their cap hole his cap hole so that once they let him go, they can use that room to try to sign Jordan Poole. That's my theory. No, it was just one of those we think he could be good, and we don't need Kevon Looney if this kid takes off. Mm-hmm. You know, he he had injury history and, and you know, three games at Memphis and then all of a sudden, uh, or is he suspended? Nine Which games. Was <laughs> this is this is a deep cut. Um, he was he played two games and then he was suspended by the NCAA because he had gotten payments from Penny. That oh, was yes, there we go. Yeah. And then then just straight up injured in the NBA. Through yeah. And through. Uh, so, Jonathan, Jonathan Kavinga, do you see anything there? Talking about young people on the team. Solid development, you know, high IQ kid who wants to learn. No problem with him. The only problem is you got, you know, Dante DiVincenzo is your main backup. I was surprised that Kings gave up on him, but I do understand why they they basically gave him the mid-level exception. Even though you're as a tax-paying team, especially, I mean, we're going to talk about the other California team paying a lot of tax after this one. But I mean, the the Warriors tax bill is like around 120 million dollars. It is it is something fierce. But for them to be willing to like keep using exceptions and kind of push that envelope to, and using draft picks and actually getting players with it, not dumping them, it does show Adam that they actually have this progressive nature of like, even though we are paying out the butt. We are a valuable franchise. We are a thriving franchise. We have a new arena and we have a good team. And like you said, the window is short. We need to do it now. It doesn't mean you're not going to lose people. Like they lost Toscano Anderson to the Lakers. Bielisa went back to Europe. I'm not saying these people are end all be all players, but this is your depth. And you have to replace that a little bit with some different names and some different faces. They're not as good as the people you built up over the past few years. So Vegas had them, I believe, at 52 and a half. Mm, I'll go over. I'll go. I I feel like they're going to be right around the same level that they were last year. They were a 53 win team right on the money with what Vegas has. So the number think, one seed in the West. Actually, I don't think they're going to be the number one seed, but I'll I'll save that for my spoiler at the end. My 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 bull prediction at the end. But um, let me ask you this one. Is Steph Curry the greatest player underneath under six foot four? Greatest shooter. Yeah, I would agree with that. I've, I've seen some people saying like Carl Towns is a great shooting big man. I, I, you know, Dirk Nowitzki existed. Oh, you know? Carl Towns is the only one who said Carl Towns is the greatest. I've, I've just seen it in the media and I'm like, mm. yeah, the media was Carl Towns says he's the, they're just reporting his <laughs> assessment of himself. <laughs> I don't believe it's independent people thinking that. Um, do you think Steve Kerr at some point, especially now that he's responsible with um, USA Basketball, he'll like get to a point where he's just going to say, you know what, I'll just do USA Basketball and I'm kind of done with this. I've won my seventh or eighth ring. I'm kind of done with this. Remember that know. you lost Mike Brown. Now you did bring back, you did keep Kenny Atkinson. Maybe that was the reason. Maybe Atkinson knows he'll be the next in. Or just like everything else, I'm going to keep going as long as this window's open, because once, you know, Clay and Steph fall off the cliff, that team is pure. They got nothing. Well, the the one who's going to fall off the cliff first, and we we could already see it, is is Thompson. That's the one where it's like, when he starts to struggle, 
I don't know if it's going to show in the win-loss record for the Warriors because I think they can cover those warts pretty well because he had some bad moments in the playoffs, and they still play great. Um, I worry about if they can't keep Wiggins. If they can't keep Wiggins to play that you know, defensive three spot, it can get really, really tough for them. But, I mean, the Warriors, they won the championship for a reason. So, you know, I, I, I still enjoy watching them play. It's just I just don't get that sense of awe when I watch them. It's not like, wow, they are like, they're like a machine, you know, not anymore, though. Steph is 34, so he's going to start slowing down. He might be able to still shoot from 40 feet, but... He was the finals MVP. He got red hot in that series, yeah. But he'll become a defensive liability very soon. You have people like John Morant who already blow by him. They're just, everybody's just... Yeah, and this will definitely be Andre Iguodala's last year Um, for... I take the over anyway. You'll take the over. And Poole, what do you think they're going to do? It's a tough spot. It's a tough spot because he will get a max offer sheet. It's very much like DeAndre Ayton. Like, I think he will get a max offer sheet. I think they're going to wait to see what happens with Wiggins. Yeah, that's the problem. Like, they can't. We can then then decide him. Yeah, like, the thing, like, is that, I mean, this is for Phoenix. When Mikel Bridges got the extension, that was a dead giveaway. DeAndre Ayton was not getting his extension. I, they're not going to do this. I, I, you know, we still got a little bit of time left before, you know, the season starts, but I just don't see a situation where like Wiggins gets the extension and Jordan pulls out on a lamb. Like, I just don't see it. Like I could see, I could see them taking the chance of just holding them both out until we get to the summer, especially with their tax bill. And then they'll reassess and say, all right, can we do this again? Cause once you're a repeater, which is one of the reasons why the Warriors tax bill is so high because they've paid the tax two to three years in a row. If you dip in again and you don't win a championship, it wasn't worth it. You know, that's, that's the thing. Um, Let's talk about another team that's paying the tax and we're going to find out this year if it was worth it because they, they've done it for two to three years now. And this is going to be the one. Uh, And it's shocking because they didn't even make the playoffs and that's the LA Clippers. Uh, Why are the LA Clippers in this, in this uh, tier, Adam? Because this is the team they, they, Paid for? Could it be everybody's finally healthy? As advertised, yes. <laughs> Which has never happened. Yeah, Kawhi it's... Leonard's back. He's already been cleared for five on five, so he's ready to rock and roll. Um, Paul George, he played thirty-one games. He had, I think, he had an issue with his shoulder, but um, but he looked great. He looked great to start the season. You know, he had twenty-four points and six assists. He got to the free throw line a ton. Like. He was really good, Reggie Jackson. And then the thing, too, is that in the absence of George and Leonard, you saw a lot of other guys get a lot of play and start and get get their rotation in, like um, Avika Zubac and Reggie Jackson. They bring in Norman Powell in a trade. Luke Kennard had some nice moments. Um, even Amir Coffey. You know, they, they have a really nice, like, line of depth. Like, really nice. Like, their second unit. Let me say this, Adam. Because I know we haven't seen the Kawhi PG version of the Clippers. Just to remind people, like, what made them good and what made them on that level in 20 and 21. Their offense is so insanely efficient in terms of shooting and getting easy looks that it's almost disgusting how easy they can score on you. You forget how much they overachieved last year with absolutely nobody. Right. The entire team was on injured reserve. Take Batum at five sometimes. Yeah, and you had Reggie Jackson and Terrence Mann and Luke Kennard somehow powering that team, and it's just like, what? 
you know, it's it's a really I'm telling you, man, it's a deep team. Like, uh, I mean, Coffee had a good year. Even Brandon Boston, the rookie that they got, he plays he played well. Um, Morris is in his last year. I'm I, I feel like he's gonna make a good push. Um, what did you like? Did you like anything out of Powell and Covington when they went to uh, L.A.? Well, Powell was there for what a week or two before he got injured. Right, five games. Yeah, so it was one of those just you went to the Clippers to be put on injured reserve. So, like, you look at this, you'll have John Wall, if he comes back healthy, if he has an explosive I have speed, seen the practice footage of him doing reverse dunks. So He has the biggest chip on his shoulder right now. Oh, my God, yeah. He wants, he's everybody with, has literally been written off by everyone in America. Yeah, so you put him with Kawhi, who has a chip on his shoulder because, oh, you, you know, you take years off for your injuries and what's these shenanigans, and you have, you know, Paul George, who still does not have a good reputation, even though I think he's outplayed it. Yeah, I mean, it, it goes back to the, um, God, what was that nickname he gave himself, that uh, Playoff P? Yeah. Yeah, and then they called him Way Off P because he had that really awful performance in the bubble. Um, but Kawhi in the playoffs is just a monster. Before he tore his ACL, he had two games against the Jazz that were ungodly. He was just killing them. You know, like, he did that to the Mavs. You know, they had to go seven games to beat Luke and the Mavs in 2021. And Kawhi was, in the last two games, like I said for Utah, was, like, just unstoppable. And when you have a guy on that level, and if he come, I know we haven't seen him a lot. Uh, You know, we haven't seen him since, like, what, June or May of 2021. But if he comes back at the level that you normally see him on a defensive on a defensive level and he creates offense by basically having the center of gravity and everybody drawn towards him because he's such a good offensive player and he gets open looks for those three point shooters under Teron Lou and trying to do adjustments. It's going to be a really, I would be stunned. Like what's the over under on, on the Clippers? 51 and a half. I would not be stunned if they got 50 wins. Like I'm almost expecting it. Over. So, yeah, I, I would come out. They're just going to be angry beasts. I think they're going to be very good defensively also. I think they're going to be one of the best defensive teams in the league. Like, that's that's where, how, how I feel. Um, my my big question, obviously, <laughs> it's it's very plain Jane, but, like, if they don't win, they got another shot at it because they're going to have player – they're going to have another year under the belt, under salary for Kawhi and Paul George, and then they can opt out. Um, it, I would say this, it, I would question them opting out anyway, and this is like way in the future, but their opt out years are 2024, uh, both, they have the same, they have almost the same salary uh, around like 40 to 50 million, but if they opt, but if they opt in in 24 and then they just have unrestricted free agency in 2025, when the salary blows up, that's probably the better idea. So actually their window is actually longer than the Warriors. If you ask me again, last year, they were all, the entire team was just made of and you're a repeater and you are a tax repeater now steve balmer deep ass care. pockets yeah he does not care in the least so yes this should be the year they make it to the finals and prove this is what we paid for and i'm in no inclination to disagree with that however last year we also said brooklyn is gonna walk over everybody so eh, don't believe us here's the thing about brooklyn i mean and anybody can say what they will about that Harden, Kyrie, kevin durant triumvirate when they were all healthy and together in the 21 season they their offense was unstoppable absolutely uns- they they like they shredded the bucks in the first two games like shredded them so yes, like 
you know, but the Bucks did bounce back in that one and win the title. Uh, not a repeat, uh, I, I, as we said, parody. You know, we're, so we had another, uh, we had a different winner uh, after that. But the Bucks had a decent shot. You know, they went to a seventh game and probably the best playoff series of last year against the Celtics. But they just let it slip away. Tatum had like an all-time performance to save him in game six. And they just couldn't make anything in Boston in game seven. Giannis had a fantastic year. I could have easily made a case for him as an MVP just because like that. Gian, is Giannis on that level of like Shaq and Tim Duncan and uh, Jordan where it's just like every year you can make a case he's the best player in the league? Yeah, you can. Yeah. yeah I mean, there's it, nothing to disprove it. It, it You just have lots of um, – you have people who have all-time seasons and all-time stat lines, which in itself is crazy. Yeah, the only thing that's a, the only thing that's a shame for Giannis was that, and we talked about this when we did the sophomore of the year stuff, is that his first four three years were kind of just eh, in terms of the stats. But if you look at like the stats since like 2018, like it's his career, it's ridiculous. But last year it was 30 points, almost won the scoring title, 11 and a half rebounds, six assists. Eight free throws a game, 55% from the field, played 67 games, more than a steal, more than a block per game. His three-point shooting is 29%, which actually is one of the highest percentages he ever had in the season. Right, do you think we're going to see anything different in terms of offensive output out of Giannis? Or, like, do you see more threes? Which I would not be a fan of, by the way. No, I don't see anything different because, essentially, they're running the whole thing back. Yeah, but what is what is Bucks ball? What is Mike Boonholzer's version of of Bucks ball defense creates offense, you know, kick it out. Middleton had an injury and that to his knee and him not being available for most of the playoffs really hurt them. I know, I know he's older, but I mean, we saw it in the finals in 21. Like when he's on talk about Middleton, he's really, he's a, he's a fucking assassin. Like you need to, you got to have a man on him at all times, you know? So you got Bobby Portis, who's solid off the bench. And he's in the full He's on the he's uh, talking about Portis. He's in the fold for good now. He signed like a three year deal. Yep, you got a surge. Lost his step, but provide you know super depth guy. Joe Ingles. You know, he's got he it. Was, he's coming back from his knee injury, I don't, and I don't know when he's going to come back from it. If, if he doesn't come back to All Star break, he's a good eighth ninth man who was a great glue guy in Utah. So if you can have somebody, oh hey, I need to spell you know Connaughton or, or Middleton. Yeah, put him in. Let him go. Play some hard D on somebody for Holiday, this. fantastic defensive player. Um, I will say this for Brooke Lopez. This because he's unrestricted anyway going into next season. I, I think this is gonna be the one where it's like, okay, we 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 can make this work with Lopez at the five in our starting lineup. He missed a lot of the regular season anyway, um, um last year, but he came back and he was fairly effective, but you could see the wheels coming off a little bit. I think this is the year it's like we can be efficient with Brooke Lopez at the starting at the five, but this will probably be it for him. And then we'll probably like, then they might take a stab at like miles Turner or like some big name like that in free agency and go for it. Cause this is a tax paying team as well. They're not paying at the level of the Clippers and the Warriors. They're more on the level of what the Celtics right now are doing, where it's like, 
we don't want to get too far ahead of ourselves, but we've tasted gold. We know we can do it. We just have to stay aggressive. And also they have to adjust a little bit and keep people on their toes because Giannis is offense. And let's be real, Adam, it can get kind of predictable. He does what he does very he does, well, but you know, so it's they do the, the build the wall thing, which I think is over. I think it's over exaggerated. Like when Miami did that in the bubble it was like, oh yeah, you just do a zone and you just play like one, three, one, and you just put people in front of him and he can't do anything. Actually, that's not true. Because if you play one three one, you're leaving open threes, and if Pat Connaughton and Grayson Allen are red hot, then you've really screwed yourself. Grayson Allen defensively, though, yuck! Like he was awful in that Celtics series. Like I know he's got some game to him when he's not punching people in the face, but like, do you see value in Grayson Allen in the rotation? Oh yeah, people are not a bad series, but for this, for far as the season goes, he's just a nice little depth guy who's a Fourth option. Yeah, you got Thanasis, who's actually not bad. I know people are like, oh, yeah, of course Giannis got his brother on the team. Thanasis actually can rebound, and he's actually a pretty physical player. Uh, Wesley Matthews came back on basically no money. So um, so that was a that was a gain for uh, for Milwaukee because Wes Matthews at moments looked like the best, like the most active defender on the floor in the playoffs. Javon Carter's back. Um, you draft Marjan Beauchamp, but I don't know how much we're really going to see him. Sandra Mamukilishvili. He looks like he might get a little bit more playing time. It's a really nice roster. Like, it's it's a roster where offensively they could be – I mean, all four of these teams can be really, like, dangerous offensively, but Milwaukee's the one where offensively among these four, they could be, like, super potent. So 52-and-a-half is where they're – they're at i honestly want to go under because i think the east did get a little bit better i still think boston will have a better record than them um which they also i believe they had yeah they did they had a slightly better record than milwaukee last year um but i just feel like i feel like they might have some games where their defense just takes the day off yeah they do have days where they just sort of like phone it in so yeah I i think i'll take the over just because the the depth is really high, so if you start taking days off, you can slip down pretty fast. Here's an interesting question, though. What's their window? Because Middleton does have an opt out, but he's at forty million dollars at at the in his early thirties, and I don't see him opting out of that. So that might give you another year after this of Giannis and Middleton and Holiday, like in twenty twenty three, twenty four. All I will say is everybody's window is smaller than they think it is. Are you saying that they're going to blow it up at the trade deadline? Not blow it up, but you, <laughs> you think you have it, but somebody else does something, you get a bad call, a bad beat, a bad bounce of the ball. And they're all prone to injury. I mean, every team is, but they're all, all these teams are, like, if Steph Curry gets hurt in the first week of the season, Golden State's done. Exactly. Like, you, you, you can call it, you know, like, but... You know, for like, if like, what team do I feel most confident if they have like a devastating injury like that and bounce back? I would, I'd probably say the Celtics. The Celtics could double down on defense. That's why I kind of like their approach. Whereas if Steph goes down, no way. Uh, so let's get down to predictions. Yay! So yeah, we're finally near at at the end of this uh this this odyssey, and now we finally get to have our fun moment where we get to like talk about things that we th- are really confident about in October, and then sound like complete morons in January. But you ready? Um, we'll go with the big one. Who will win the NBA championship? And you and I actually are in agreement. Clippers, so they have no chance. I. <laughs> I think the LA Clippers are going to do it. Remember, this is a franchise that went to their first conference finals ever two years ago. 
So this is a jump. But remember, parody. So we, you're going to have teams that get up there that you don't always expect. And then I just don't see a repeat by the Warriors. Um, I can see the Celtics. Let me, let me say this then. I think the team that they're going to beat is the Philadelphia 76ers. Who do you like in the like? Who do you like as the finals opponent? I think it'll be Milwaukee. Milwaukee. Why is that? Because Philly fades in the playoffs. Harden, Why? Why? Well, do they Harden. have a specific? Do they? Oh, do they have a specific just player? A specific that... player who just doesn't show up and is <laughs> getting older and will be tired. I really and... like the makeup. I like the. Maybe I'm drinking the Maury Kool Aid. He has that effect on the media, but I I like the makeup of that team, the Philly team. So, um, I'm, I just feel like I feel bullish on him. Um, most valuable player. You can always go for Giannis. I, I think it's going to be Luca cause you lost Brunson and he will be the team. So he's, his, he's going to be everything is he's a point guard. It's now. not a, it's not a bad choice. I mean, and, and remember Dallas, they lost a little bit. They lost Jalen Brunson and, um, they might, they, they're going to have to plug that offense in immediately. And they didn't get, I mean, Christian Wood can score, but he scores at the front court position, whereas Luca, he's going to have to do it at the wing and at the three point line to replace that scoring that Brunson brought. And I can see him overcompensating and just really just taking over games. Um, I picked Joel Embiid. He was runner up twice last the last two years. I, I think this will be the one where he's like, OK, it's mine. My turn. Um, who will win the scoring title? I, I think it's going to be Lillard or Beal. Now, like I have PTSD year. on this one because I, I said I that last year. I, I said both of those people last year, and they both went out early with injuries, and then they signed Supermaxes. <laughs> so, it could easily be Luca or Giannis as well. That's who I have. I have Luca. I'll, I'll just go for it. I'll just say I'll Luka. Just, okay, I will go with Lillard then because – there is no other shooter on that team right now who's proven. So yeah, at least Beal, you got Porzingis, you know, that you could just throw it inside to. Uh, rookie of the year. I think it's gonna be Ben Caro, just because there's nothing really okay. around him. I mean, it's, it's so Franz Wagner is poised to make a nice big leap with mm-hmm. progression. We we saw, you know, he's completely overachieved in year one. It's either gonna be him or Suggs. I don't think they're both gonna jump at the same time. You know, uh, I like Keegan Murray. In, in Sacramento, I think he fits well. Defensively, they're going to be a chore to watch, but offensively, they're going to be real. Actually, that, I think that Sacramento offense is going to be really, really good when they have Sabonis and Fox and Monk at the three and uh, and Murray. I think that actually can be a good team. This was always fun because it's there's so many different parameters. You don't always have a second-year or third-year player. Sometimes it's a veteran who just bounces back. Most improved player. Most improved, I'm going to... I always, you know, want to give Detroit and Bagley and people they overpay, oh, somehow overachieve there. Mm-hmm. He has the potential. You got to look at, you know, I, I see MIP is not just not the which become now like Giannis and oh yeah, John Moran could get it if he becomes an MVP. Well, that's man. what's gone. Ha- that's what's happened in the last seven years. That's what it's turned into. Yeah, it, it used to it's be like, a bum be, who is now good. In my honest opinion, Adam is that the league has commodified it so that they could say, oh yeah, this future superstar got this award. I yeah. like giving it to people who just play their ass off. It, I think it'd be him. It could be. Uh, Jalen Suggs, because I, you know, uh, Miles Turner would probably be gone sooner than later, so he's the will be the only big man left. Not Markel Fultz. Not Markel Fultz, <laughs> who was out. Um. So, toe. so you said you said you said Marvin Bagley. Bagley. <laughs> um. 
Anthony Simons can be a one. So he's going to earn that contract. Jalen, uh, one time you brought up you, Darius. You're about to say Darius Baisley, weren't you? Yes. You love that man. Um, Jalen Smith, I remember you brought up in one of the previews for Indiana. Um, and Christian Wood. You're, you're, you'd like that Christian Wood fit in Dallas, you told me. He could just do pick and rolls all day with Luca. Um, I have three. They're they're kind of wild. Well, one's predictable. The other two are wild. Um, DeAndre Hunter in Atlanta, I think, is going to have a big jump. He's also a restricted free agent coming up, so he's very going to he's going to be highly motivated. Amir, the aforementioned Amir Coffee in L.A., I could just see him just suddenly becoming like the sixth man on the team, and he'll go from averaging like ten points a game to like seventeen. You know, I I mean, I I know that's not like eye-popping numbers, but I could just see him, like, being on the radar. And then <laughs> you're going to laugh at me, and you can explain it. Ben Simmons. Most improved. Most improved. He went from not playing to actually being good again. And then based upon that, you could go John Wall. It will be the shoe-in for it then. Mm-hmm. We don't have – well, here's the problem. We don't have a comeback player of the year. They all get limped into the same thing. Well, then, yeah, that's why I'm like, these are comeback players, mm-hmm. which it, it's a crazy – you know, you could have look at that. You know, you got Ben, you got Kawhi, you got John Wall. Like those are the comeback play like that. That's got some well. To be honest, Adam, we're we're in an era where that's all the time. Where there's always going to be people on the shelf because they just they 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 play faster. They have more possessions. They're more likely to get hurt. And if it's a long term injury, you know, you have you have to wait out to see like the finished product and. Long story short, you're just seeing more injuries, more injuries and more load management. So, yeah, you're going to see a lot of returns. They Maybe they need to just have a comeback player of the year and just add an award to it. Um, defensive player of the year. Um, I completely forgot who I took. Did I take Embiid? Uh, you said Embiid. Um, I'll say Kawhi Leonard. Kawhi's had – I think he's won two of them, one or two. Um, I think he'll get another one. Sixth man of the year. Malcolm Brogdon. That's not bad. I actually am kind of jealous. Like, I, um, and I think you, I think you told me one day that Tyler Hero, you were thinking about doing it again. Like, you think Tyler Hero is not going to start, right? I know he was I, I about wanting to start. He wants to start, and I don't think Miami hasn't seen one of those teams like, oh yeah, go ahead, why not? I think they're very. No, this is how we do things. Uh, mine is Tyrese Maxey. Now I don't know what they're planning in Philly. I don't think I don't know if he'll be a six man. Like maybe they'll, uh, but the idea I had in mind is that they'll they'll have Thibel and Melton starting for defense, and then they'll bring in Maxi as this one man fast break. Um, Brandon Clark in Memphis, I know that he's gonna have to plug in for Jaron Jackson Jr. early in the year because he's hurt. But if he's a six man, that dude is fucking efficient. Like he, he's really hard to stop offensively, defensively. Eh. Um, coach of the year, Tyron Lue. Okay. Uh, I said Taylor Jenkins for the Memphis Grizzlies. Uh, Executive of the Year, your favorite award? Uh, it's a, it's still a sweep. It's the the continual. Is it Brad Stevens? It, it's, who cares? <laughs> is my continual. I um I picked Lawrence. I picked Lawrence Frank for the Clippers, and you know what's sad, Adam? I had to look up who ran the Clippers. <laughs> Con- great that award is. Contract year superstar, someone whose whose deal is coming up, and they're gonna play their ass off. I don't think I picked one. You had two that you told me. Then I'm completely wrong. Please remind me who I picked, as you can see. I'm Christian Christian Wood and Jakob Pertl. Yeah, I can see Jakob Pertl wanting to get a contract, but I don't 
think that team is good enough to win to will it. But do you think they're do you think they're unabashedly bad enough to tank for Pop in his last year? No, they That's don't the try question. to achieve. It's just they don't have talent. Um, mine, uh, mine is two people: Cam Johnson with the Suns. It's going to be really interesting what happens with them. I'm already hearing rumors that he's going to get that they're trying to talk extension. But if they hit an impasse, do the Suns need to trade Cam Johnson for value? No, because they got nobody else. Yeah, but like they might be in a situation where they know they're going to lose him because they're not going to go further in tax. I know they're going to have new ownership set up by then. Maybe they'll be willing to go extra for that um, and keep Johnson with, you know, Bridges and Aiton and blah, blah, blah. But can you see him just flipping him for a star? I mean, uh, who knows? Who knows what happens? Who knows? Maybe Kevin Durant decides, you know what? I'm out. I, I actually do want out. Um, and the other one, and this is kind of an asterisk. Brandon Ingram actually is eligible for super max. If he gets all NBA, I can see it. I don't, th- I think it's unlikely, Just but like I can a see homer. Shut up. Um, super max candidates. I already said Ingram. I don't know if you have one. Like it's very small list. It's like oh, Jalen. No, I don't. Jalen Brown. Uh, it's basically it's basically 2016 draft class. People. Um, first coach fired. I, I'm gonna flip my choice. Okay. I'm gonna go Tibbs. Yeah, we were in agreement. You think Tom Thibodeau is gonna get fired first? What? I think if they, because New York, they are, you know, continue their front office dysfunction, and they're like. We're happy with our roster. Everything's good. So if they start off super slow and I, we just gave a hundred million to Brunson and he's sucking and I know they're the most valuable franchise in the in the league in terms of like um in terms of like monetary value. I get that. I had no idea how anticipatory they were about basically tampering and jumping in to get Mitchell and Brunson until I read the stories. Like they were basically a sitting sideline for the playoffs, watching them play. <laughs> like they were doing everything humanly possible to get this deal done. That's why I think it's that's why I think it's funny how they tried to spin the narrative that the reason they didn't get Mitchell is because Danny Ainge was basically holding them over a fire. Stop it! If you really wanted them, you could have thrown the picks in with R.J. Barrett and made it happen. You yeah. know. They just didn't pull the trigger quick enough is what happened. Um, wow, that's a good one. Um, yeah, the one uh, minus Steven Silas with the Houston Rockets. I just think it's an I, unta- I, I was going to say him, but what it's does just, firing him early prove? Like, you're just gonna well, but him. but Adam, what has he proven? What no, is he? But proven? what's the point of keep? What's the point of get, shipping him out unless you have some sort of weird Minnesota thing where we already got our coach. We're going to get in January out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. No interviewing, no vetting process. Just oh, here we go. So unless yeah. you have a player like you know somebody like we got this coach out of nowhere, there's no point of firing him to have a lame duck, you know, um, interim coach that they really have no intention of hiring. Yeah, I mean, and a lot of them, um, a lot of them are kind of newish to the jobs. Like, like the Jazz are gonna be terrible, but Will Hardy just got there. Like, he's not getting fired. Um. And then, you know, like teams like that have high expectations and they might not meet them. You you immediately think of Chris Finch. I don't think Chris Finch is getting fired in Minnesota. Minnesota might be really, really good. Chauncey Billups. You know, like it's hard. It's hard to figure out. But yeah, that was my guess. Mar- uh, and then this is the last one. We're going to have a set of three here. Uh, we're going to have our own bold predictions. Uh, you give me your three. Three? Yeah. At, well, at least two. All right. Uh, a nameless superstar will be injured early on. That's not bold. <laughs> All right, um, yeah. 
uh, Kyle Lowry will be benched and or will not make it to the end of the season with that team. Miami fall off faster than you expect. Miami's going to basically like say, yeah, you know what? Gabe Vincent's getting more done for us. (laughs) Um, Is that it? Or you got any in your back pocket? That you're thinking Zion will play over What's the, the minimum to be 60? Is that the minimum to be as part of the criteria? Yeah, yeah. Well, it, supposedly he has these different health incentives in his contract, but no one knows the details that I know. I think as, he will yeah. play over 60. If he make, dude, if he sandbagged it for a year and he comes back and he makes all NBA and he gets that rookie Supermax. I think that might just have, and number three, LeBron will take off significant time with an injury. Okay. Like how much? Like, I mean, like, so like he, he's had, he's had injuries. Like he's, he's missed about, he's missed about 30 games before, like 20 to 30 games before. At least four to six weeks. Okay. Yeah. That would be somewhat significant. Okay. I, here's my three. I think the Nets are going to blow it up in February. I think they're going to dump Irving because he's expiring. And then the, Durant will say, get me out of here. And then there will be this absolute cavalcade of people of teams trying to like potentially move their stars to get uh Durant we're going to basically what happened in the summer when they thought Durant was going to be traded it's going to actually happen during the season in a one week time frame and it's going to feel like the end of the world um because it's going to blow up the trade deadline everything's going to revolve around Durant um the Memphis Grizzlies will have the best record in the Western Conference like they might they're going to be like a 58 or 59 win team like and it's gonna shock everybody because they're thinking with Jackson out, he's not gonna. They're gonna come out slow. I think their youth and the fact that they've actually won now, I think they're kind of hungry, and I think they're gonna like it. Like they're going into Christmas Day to play the Warriors. I think they're gonna go into Christmas Day with the best record. Um, and then this is the last one. I don't know if this is you. I don't know if you want to call this bold. You tell me. We will have the first seventy lost teams since the 2016-76ers under Sam Hankey. I, I don't know. It's hard because there's so many bad teams. Somebody has Here's the play. problem, Adam. There's going to be one of those that's dipping into the 60s, like the Spurs, the the Thunder, the um, who am I missing down there in the West? That's just god awful. The Rockets. One of them is just going to like completely and utterly tank it in. Yeah, but then everybody else will start tanking towards the end of the year, so they'll get these garbage wins at the end. Yeah, but when you have the talent level of like Utah and Sa- and San Antonio and then you don't have a desire to actually compete, that's when it's going to get really interesting. You know, the only one of the East I can see you start doing that. Maybe and, and, maybe Indiana, you know. And and speaking of no more desire, I mean, we have done a good five and a half hours of preview. Yeah, we are, we are really sick of each other's voices at this point. <laughs> we, we have gone through every team. We've done everything. We did not just simply gloss over, here's the East in a half hour, here's the West in no, a half No, everybody hour. can see it on the PTBN pop feed. They're all there in a row. Um, we talked dizzy about pretty much every team. Yes, including the Orlando Magic and the Oklahoma City Thunder. I'm sorry, but it had to be done. We but did it, so congratulations to you, sir. <laughs> congratulations to you as well. Um, on behalf of Adam Murray, this is Andrew Reich. We'll see you in the regular season. Take care. Bye.